Hi, this is Alana Terry. Welcome to Season 5 of the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast, bringing you some full and complete and unabridged Christian fiction audiobooks to keep you encouraged and inspired. This season's audiobook is called What Dreams May Come and is narrated by Pamela Lawrence, written by me, Alana Terry, and sponsored by our COVID-19 fundraiser. So what we're doing is taking some of my ebook novels and I've bundled them up as a pay what you can product with a portion of all royalties going to support local relief efforts for COVID-19. If you want to be involved in this fundraiser, it's going to be for a limited time. You can check it out at alanaterry.com novels. And now enjoy today's episode of the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast. Chapter 53 She wasn't sure whether to laugh or cry or run away. Susanna? You're Susanna? When she first stepped into the room, she'd convinced herself she was imagining things. Sure, the man in front of her looked like Scott, but the name of the presenter was listed as something else. She'd thought he'd acted a little odd when she entered, but there were all kinds of possible explanations for that. Even after she heard his voice, that same voice that had been in her mind for months, she told herself it was just a coincidence. He stared at her like he thought he knew her. But that could be easily explained. She did have a fairly generic face and common features. It wasn't until she saw his reaction when she told him her name that she knew. He stood staring at her with a smile half-formed on his face, as if he couldn't decide on the appropriate expression and gave up trying. It's me. It's Scott. She should go. This was a test. That's all it was. God had asked her to give up her dreams of the future with him, and now he was allowing the devil to tempt her one more time. All she had to do was pass this test, and she could be over him forever. Except her feet refused to move. She tried to snap her brain to attention, tried to force herself to say something intelligible, but all that came out was, Scott? He laughed. Yeah, it's me. She could tell he was nervous. Uncertain. So was she. He was bigger than she'd expected. Taller. She'd seen his picture on the Kingdom Builder's webpage. But he looked older than she'd pictured. She felt like a child staring up at him. What are you doing here? How long have you been here? They spoke at the same time. Both questions had obvious answers. He laughed again. This time, so did she. Cautiously. Remembering how painful it was to give him up before. Making sure she'd never have to live through that kind of agony again. Sacrificing someone like him once was enough. Do you want to sit down? He pulled out a chair. Or maybe we could go on a walk. I'm scheduled to give a lecture here, but it doesn't seem like anyone else is coming. Susanna's throat had never felt so dry before. It was somebody else's name on the list. She had to almost squeak the words out. Yeah, Buck got pulled to talk on a panel. So I told him I'd take over here. 
But wait a minute. Are you telling me you've been here at the conference this whole time? She nodded, still wondering what she was supposed to do. Should she run away and hide? It wasn't right for God to drag her through four agonizing months of trying to give Scott up to him, and then to dangle him in front of her face like a box of forbidden pastries. God, what are you doing? Her mind went back to the morning just a few days before Christmas, when she'd read through Psalm 85, then to her time in the back room at the safe Anchorage gift shop, when Grandma Lucy had prayed for God to restore all that she had lost. Is that what this was? Could it be that God wasn't testing her resolve to get over Scott, but that he was actually answering her prayers? In her deepest thoughts and darkest musings, isn't this exactly what she had hoped for? She didn't know what she hoped for. That was the problem. It was too much, too confusing. Scott was looking at her with worry in his eyes. Are you all right? Is this too hard for you? Should I go? God, you need to show me what to do. You need to help me know what to say. She opened her mouth, fumbled over her words, finally managed to croak, No, you don't have to go anywhere. Chapter 54 Scott still couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe she was actually here. Couldn't believe that in an hour, when the conference hall closed, he was actually going to take her out to dinner before that night's general session. Their initial meeting was so painfully awkward, he couldn't think about it without a sense of embarrassed regret. Once they both got over the shock of running into each other, they had gone for a walk around the university campus. Scott had a whole hour and a half before he was due back at the Kingdom Builders booth in the conference hall. But it wasn't anywhere near enough time for him to catch up with Susanna and hear everything she'd gone through since they last talked. Life had been hard on her. She'd tried to sugarcoat it, had presented it in the best light possible, but he knew her so well, he could tell how burdened she was from taking care of Kitty, how heavy her spirit was from mourning her mother's death. Scott wanted to take her in his arms right then, comfort her, tell her that she'd never have to be lonely again. Just say the word, and they could spend the rest of their lives together. But her sense of duty to her family had ripped her out of his life, and he wasn't about to scare her away again. That's why he hadn't asked her to come back to the conference hall with him. If he had his choice, she'd stand by his side for the rest of the afternoon. He didn't want to take his eyes off her didn't want to risk losing her. Not again. Now that he'd seen her, now that they'd spent an hour and a half not just talking, but actually in the same location, the same time zone, having a face-to-face conversation for the very first time, he realized more than ever how empty the past four months had been without her. How bleak the future looked if she wasn't in it. It would take time, 
That's what he kept telling himself over and over. Time to earn her trust. Susanna was timid. He could tell just from her body language, the way she hugged her arms against herself as they walked through the crowded building, how out of place she felt here. Had she ever seen a crowd this large before? She was scared, overwhelmed, and if she felt anything like he did, she was terrified that their walk together this afternoon had been some sort of dream, a delusion. Patience, that's what he needed. But all he wanted to do was hold her close against his chest and tell her how much he loved her. How he had loved her before he'd even met her in person. How he wanted nothing more than for them to spend the rest of their lives together. He was already working out his plans. How he could transfer his work to Washington and telecommute from Orchard Grove. He'd tell his missions director that he could only travel abroad once a year, twice at most. Any fears he'd previously entertained about feeling trapped in the States paled next to the thought of losing Susanna again. He would love Kitty. He would be the most devoted brother-in-law the world had known. No, he was getting ahead of himself. That was the kind of impulsive thinking that would scare Susanna away. He would wait, wait for God's timing, and until then praise the Lord for bringing such a godly woman back into his life. Chapter 55 Where are we going? Susanna asked. A few of my buddies and I found a nice burrito place. It's not far, only about a ten-minute walk. You aren't too cold, are you? Susanna didn't tell him that she could brave Siberian winter as long as he stood confidently by her side. That afternoon, after they'd taken a walk together, and he returned to the Kingdom Builder's booth in the conference hall. It took every ounce of self-control in Susanna's spirit not to follow him there. She didn't know what she would do. Maybe just sit behind him and let the realization that he was actually here sink in. Instead, she had returned to the prayer chapel and poured her heart out to the Lord in her journal. God, the last thing I want to do is make you disappointed in me again by letting someone come between me and your plans for my life. I'm so confused right now. Part of me is afraid that Scott's going to want to talk about our relationship again, only I have no idea what to tell him. The rest of me is terrified. We'll just spend these last two days of this conference together, then go our own ways, and that will be it. I don't know how to go back to Orchard Grove now. I don't know what to expect. I've tried so hard to learn the secret to being content, to serve where you've called me. But now my mind is racing and my spirit is crying out for you to guide me. Mom told me to protect my heart. I did a terrible job with that, and I've suffered the consequences ever since she died. Now she's not here to give me warnings, to tell me what to do, so I have to trust you. You know that if I spend any more time with Scott, it's going to be nearly impossible for me to not fall in love with him again. Now that we've been together, I realize there was never a time when I stopped loving him. 
I just denied those emotions because I thought that's what you wanted me to do. And now he's here. And it's even harder to protect my heart. I love him, Lord. I've loved him almost from the very beginning. And I did what I could to be the kind of wise, prudent girl Mom raised me to be. But I gave my heart to him so long ago, and the whole time we've gone without talking, I've been missing him, because I've been missing part of myself. You are the God who restores, but you are also the God who takes away. You took my mother away, and she's someone I know I can never have back again on this side of heaven, and that pain is still so fresh, so raw. I'm scared that even if things start to go well again with Scott, that you'll change your mind, that you'll rip him away from me for a second time, and I'm so tired of mourning. I'm so tired of this heaviness that hangs over me, that steals the abundant joy you promised to those who put their trust in you. I'm afraid to do it, God, but I'm going to put my hope in you again. Hope that you will guide me and that you'll understand it's too hard for me to protect my own heart. You'll have to do it for me. If Scott's not the one, if there isn't any future for the two of us, if you led us to meet each other at this conference just so we could get some sense of closure, I need you to make that so obvious to us both. Close those doors. But if that's not the case, if you really do have a way in mind for Scott and me to pick up where we left off, to combine our commitment for you and our passion for missions, and my love for my sister, and make something actually work out of it, then, and only then, may things progress any farther than they already have. I know I'm asking a lot of you, Lord, and I have no right to assume you'll listen to me. But I pray that out of your grace, you'll either take Scott Phillips out of my life forever, or you'll bring us together where we'll never have to say goodbye again. Susanna thought over the words to her prayer as she and Scott made their way to the restaurant. You're quiet, he remarked, once they were a block or two off campus. Just got distracted for a minute, she blushed, but he kept his eyes straight ahead and didn't seem to notice. Lord, I wonder what he's thinking about. Could it be all those late nights they'd spent talking about their heart for the nations, their plans for the future? Could it be that ring he'd bought for her and never had the opportunity to place on her finger? No, she couldn't rush into things. That's what I mean, God. I'm no good at guarding my own heart, so you've got to do it for me. When a strip of restaurants and storefronts came into view, Scott broke the strained silence. What are you thinking about? Susanna scurried for a response. Just wondering how Kitty's doing. He smiled down at her. She would have never guessed it from his picture, but he was so tall she barely came up to the middle of his chest. It must be hard to be away from her so long when you love her that much. There was tenderness in his eyes, a significance to his words that she didn't want to acknowledge. Her heart quickened, and before she realized it, they had stopped walking. Where was the restaurant? Why weren't they moving anymore? He leaned forward, 
Susanna's heart fluttered like the wings of a hummingbird. Dear God, he's going to do something stupid. Please make him stop. He reached out his hand, brushed a little strand of hair that the wind had whipped across her face. It was the first time they touched. He leaned down farther. No, Lord, this is too soon. Tell him to back away. Susanna Peters. The words reverberated throughout her entire body, even though he was whispering. She looked up, her voice quivering, her whole body quivering. Yes? The smile he rained down on her sent a flood of heat and comfort through her being. I'm really glad I found you. Thanks again for listening to the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast. This has been What Dreams May Come by me, Alana Terry, narrated by Pamela Lawrence. This season of the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast is sponsored by our fundraiser for COVID-19 relief work, which you can find out about more when you go to alanaterry.com slash novels. This page will have a link to our fundraiser for as long as it runs. I hope and pray that you stay safe and healthy. I want to thank you again for listening, and we'll talk to you real soon.